today being crypto day i'm just going to continue this small little segment series on how to tokenize products um, the last uh, episode i went through the different um, tech needed to actually tokenize products i explained what can and cannot be tokenized and went over a little bit of the crypto differences in that uh, episode but today we're going to really focus on uh, the crypto behind it what is what could be and what should be with nfts because there is a difference between what there is allowed right now what we can do right now and what we should be able to do right now and also what will we be able to do very quickly Today's backlog, I don't have to really cover a whole lot. Um, basically, right now, the easiest two places to build NFTs is on Ethereum and Wax. Those are the two chains where there's already companies built on top of it that allow you to uh, very easily make your own NFT. Now, there's multiples on Ethereum. I mean, four or five, maybe even six different ones. Each one's slightly more than slightly different to the other and only a couple of them do you not have to ask permission to be able to you know make an nft um on wax uh, you don't have to ask permission i don't think at all um but there's only two companies on top of wax that let you build nfts and although there is a company that has the stuff you would need to build nfts on bitcoin it's still not really possible to do very easily like you gotta you gotta have some technical knowledge to get it done and uh, i believe the raven coin is another chain that has nft capability but no one's building on it no one's building nfts on it yet and so i guess the ideal is what's really stopping the nfts on other chains and stuff like that and like bitcoin it's cost factor uh, litecoin it's just a matter of someone doing it um, but to be honest with you even on ethereum there were people building nfts on ethereum before there was companies built to help people generate nfts The validation or getting a product on the blockchain, it requires the NFT. So quite a bit of this episode is really going to be about the differences of how NFTs work on different blockchains. But like I said, it's also going to cover the now, the, what should be now, and the what will be of these NFTs. Because just because you have a physical product, you'll, you might also have a digital product you want to sell through NFT. Well, that's a utility utility nft so getting your information through the nft onto the blockchain is called an oracle and how you're really trying to get these digital cells is really going to differ from here to there and all the everywhere in between because if you're doing a physical cell of a product well you already know how to do that we've already explained how to get the nft inside the product 
but if you're trying to sell the product through the NFT, that's a whole nother set of issues and you kind of have to learn about NFTs directly. Like what are they being used for right now? What they're most commonly used for? What, how do they sell? And what different options are there? Because that's a whole nother ball game. So to really get into this, um, let's start with right now. Right now, you need money to build an NFT. No matter what chain you want to do it on, no matter how you want to go through with this, you need value in that chain or wealth in that chain on your own accord within your own wallet in order to do it. And I, I think that's not good. One of the main reasons why you need money is, well, the companies charge. Uh, there is a company on Ethereum, Rarible. They don't actually charge to mint. They charge for the transaction fees after the mint. Because to actually mint an NFT on Ethereum is free. It's, you know, to get it into your wallet and to do this and do that, that stuff costs transaction fees. Now, Rarible has figured out how to pad transaction fees. And you know, people notice very quickly um, going to certain places where, you know, they just take a cut of the sell or they charge you to mint. The transaction fees are way lower than on Rarible. And I think that's kind of unique because that means someone can go in and not have to pay a minimum fee to mint plus transaction fee to get it. They just have to pay the transaction fee and then when they buy or sell, they lose a little bit of what they're doing or they have to pay a little bit more in transactions. And that's probably the best way to do it right now. Just simply because you go anywhere else and you have to have money up front to even get started. You know, you go to Wax, you have to have the Wax chain, you have to have Wax for resources, CPU, RAM, all this stuff, just to get started. You want to do this on Ravencoin? Well, you better have some Ravencoin. And I think that's what is hindering the process. Now, with like Rarible, they want NFTs to be sold for a lot of money. A lot of money. The more money they can sell those NFTs for, or their users can sell the NFTs for, the more they make because they get a percentage of the sell and a padding on the transaction fee of the buy. So truly, um, they're double dipping for every transaction, but you know, since they're not charging you in a mint, that's probably a good thing. So the more money that you sell your NFT for, the more they make. And so there's always this incentive to buy higher, buy higher, which at the same time, this kind of helps people but I've noticed that the people on Rarible who get high sales tend to have money anyways. And then after they start getting high sales, well, they just continue getting high sales. And it is a popularity contest. A lot of the NFT that we have available, it's a popularity contest. You're not really going to get sales. Unless you're well-known. And not just well-known, 
but well known across multiple different platforms. And so if you're an absolute nobody and you jump on one of these platforms, unless you can get verified, you're not really going to make any sales. You could have the best artwork out there, the best utility in your NFT, but if you're not verified on Rarible, you don't even get seen unless someone finds your your stuff directly through some other source. So it really becomes this process of popularity. Now, at the same time, though, that's kind of how the art scene works in real life. Uh, being an artist myself, I unfortunately have come, you know, I'm a starving artist. I can't get sales in real life. I can't get sales online. So one of the things that kind of concerns me is at the moment what should be able and should be possible is someone should be able to make nfts art or utility and get sales someone this they should be able to it means that nobody should be able to jump over to wearable where you don't have to make an account you just have to have a wallet they should be able to mint nft and they should be able to get sales. And so I get people that come to me all the time. They say, how do I know what to list my first NFT for? Being an artist, being a person who's, you know, started companies, I say, whatever the cost to make is, plus about 34% or more based on the amount of time you have to spend. It takes you 20 minutes to make this image or whatever, 34%. If it takes you two months to make this image, 65%. And that's kind of the thing. Like if it takes you a year, you could double the price of whatever it costs to mint. So if it costs you uh, $7 to mint, you can charge 14 That's just on adding on to the mint price. So altogether, you know, your real full charge would be 21. And that sounds like a big number for a piece of art, but in reality, it's super cheap. A lot of the stuff you're seeing people do on NFTs, they would normally do anyways. And then they wouldn't sell it. They would post it somewhere, not make a dime. So they're looking at this as another way to make revenue. But again, it's a popularity contest. So unless you actually know people who have money who's willing to buy it, or you know that you can get your word out there, or you can afford marketing or anything like that, you're kind of not being seen and you're just wasting your money. And that is the problem with NFTs. NFTs can be used for quite a bit. NFT is an exact location on a blockchain. It's so exact that not only can we track all the places it's been, who has it, who made it, we can track where was it made, what site was it made on, was it made independently, what was the transaction fee to mint. We can, we can see all of this. We can see the total cost accumulated throughout that NFT being moved around. And there's, there's so much that we can do, and we can even use NFTs as contract identifiers. What that means is um, smart contracts or contracts, automated contracts online, 
we can use NFTs to design, to set up and specify a person, an owner, a payer, payee. That means, yeah, we can either say, okay, this person is a person in something, or this is the payee or the payer or the creator, the owner. It allows direct ownership on the blockchain. It also allows to be able to identify directly someone for something on the blockchain. Let's give a better example of how that works. I have a smart contract and I want whoever the key holder of the contract to, you know, be a note. We want to be able to say where that is, even if that key holder changes. So we build an NFT that the smart contract watches for, looks at, and tracks because it has the specific number, um, ID number. We can actually ensure the smart contract never gets messed up. Visually, humans would mess stuff up because we can actually, someone can take the actual image, copy it, take all the data, copy it, build another one. But the another one, the next one, actually would have a new mint number. So it's not even the same NFT. It just looks exactly the same. But that smart contract would know the difference between the fake and the real. So I can actually embed my keys into this NFT, private keys to the, the contract. And now whoever owns or holds this NFT owns the contract. And the only thing you'd really want something like that to do is if you've got like a like, okay, we're going to do a community uh, DeFi coin. And so in order to get into the DeFi, you have to buy this NFT. And then each NFT someone has is a, like a position, even if it's just community member. And each one has keys to the multi-signature wallet that actually stores all that on. So now if someone was to sign, well, it's you need more than one person to sign. So say there's 33 keys for people a part of the multi-signature. You need 30 of the 31 or 28 of the 31 or 25 of the 31 to make a transaction. That would be if someone wants to dump the coin. Now, realistically, you'd want it to be higher of out of the number to be able to make that transaction because that's something you don't want to happen. And that still allows for some people to maybe lose their keys or something. Cool. Well, all those community members, if someone was actually use a key, we could see which key was used. We could track it down to the exact NFT, the exact location that NFT is. And without knowing who that person actually is, we know what wallet is, what wallet did it. And then from, from there, we can social... Um, discovery or social hack to find that person. And that takes more time than anything. So if that person never actually announces that wallet address on anywhere public, we'll never find them. But as you can see, this would allow all 31 people or 33 people to be able to have actual access to what they need 
for what they need when it comes down to it. Now, another thing we can do is there are NFTs that already do this where we do NFT mining. Someone holds an NFT and they get a certain coin every X length of whatever, either every rebase or every something else or every something else, but they get an X something every so often. And that's pretty neat. That means you can hold it, get your coin every so often, and then get rid of it, give it to someone else, and now they can get it. You could actually sell it for a value. It's crazy, right? And that's kind of the ideal behind NFTs. NFTs are exact locations on the blockchain. A wallet address isn't as exact as an NFT. And previously, wallets were considered exact locations on the blockchain, although they appear multiple times. NFT is so exact, it actually builds its own blockchain through its history, through its transaction history, holder history, use history, builds its own blockchain. Not even a wallet address does that. That is crazy. Absolutely insane. And so the reason why I'm so upset with NFTs is you could build a utility NFT that can do so much. But if you're not popular, no one even knows about it. So, what should NFTs be in the future? NFTs should be a way to add more utility inside a blockchain external sources people always say they need oracle they need oracle and what is an oracle information from outside the blockchain being brought into the blockchain in a secure manner well you could develop a contract inside of a web address or a website inside the code of the website that actually talks to an nft because an exact location it doesn't matter who owns it that NFT can be found no matter what. And I think that's really the, the beauty of NFTs is they can be found no matter who holds it. It might take some time sometimes, especially for a node to find it because you're looking for this mint number, this ID number. And the contracts have these numbers too, but truly we can find it so if you have a website that's let's say what the most common thing that people need this for is betting let's say we want to go okay we need a bet mechanism so we're going to have allow people to bet on the winners of football games i say football because in america it's super popular betting and well, the football game official, you know, ESPN or whatever website, they produce numbers. Newspapers produce numbers, put them online. So all of these different websites could send the information automatically to that NFT. 
And NFT doesn't actually have to record anything. But the NFT basically can't accept the information. But if this information is going to the NFT and there's a smart contract on that blockchain watching that NFT, it could record the information. So now the NFT doesn't actually store the information or anything like that. It actually allows the contract to find what's being sent to it and it can record it. Now, the way some of these NFTs are going in the future, the actual NFT, the image we see, could display the scores and where they were located or from, or, you know, given from. And so that we could actually see all the different scores of the exact same game from all the different places reporting on it. So we could have a decentralizable oracle as an NFT. And the actual image will change. And no one actually has to own that NFT. It could be just a public viewable NFT by the smart contract's wallet. Because the smart contract is technically a wallet. So it could actually hold the NFT. People could go and they could view it. They could see what's going on. They can see what information was sent to it. And then using the contract's information and the blockchain's information, they can actually see what was written down by the contract. So we can also have this way to ensure the contract is properly writing what the NFT is getting. This is crazy talk, but this is legit futuristic NFT stuff. As we're talking, after I get done with this, I am actually been in the middle of developing a free NFT system on the news chain blockchain. And if you don't know what that is, that's private papers news chain. Uh, private papers blockchain is called the news chain. And basically it's a one of a kind, 100% free blockchain system. It allows you to build articles, papers, journals, all sorts of fun stuff. I want to build a generator that allows people to make free NFTs. Because I think if we had free NFTs that don't require a wallet, more people would develop new things. If NFTs on Ethereum were free to make, free to send, more people would try to stretch the limits of what they can do with NFTs. And I really think that this free option will help innovation. It will only go so far, but at the same time, because private paper, every blockchain is specifically unique to a point that if you just go to my blockchain, go to any one of my papers or anything in my blockchain and hit edit. So just edit on the fly. And say so you just want to translate my entire page or you want to redo it and make it seem like I said something else. When you hit save, it actually forks. Technically it forked when you hit edit, but that's not important. So when you hit save, it's forked. And you didn't actually change anything on my blockchain, but instead, started your own right at that spot where it's history is still connected to mine 
that's pretty cool. Now that's unique to Bitcoin, Litecoin, major technical blockchains. That is how they work. There are some blockchains that don't work like that at all, like Anna. But that's not the important part. The important part is if you could put an NFT in there, someone could click edit and then change some stuff, hit save, and have a copy of your NFT. So there is even a way where people could you know, gain a copy of your NFT without charging you. But the cool thing I want to do is I want to put viewer monetization inside the NFT. Now, news chain we use BitTube for monetizing. That's viewership monetization, which means you got to have the BitTube um, browser or the BitTube extension in order for those people to get paid while you're viewing it. But the cool concept is if someone goes on my Ethereum NFTs and they watch it and they stare at it for 10 minutes, does nothing. But if they want to go view my free NFT and they stare at it for 10 minutes while using the BitTube browser, I would get paid. That's huge. That's huge. That means now we don't have to rely on selling to get paid and if you're not relying on the sell to get paid whatever you put there to keep that user's attention is truly going to be the selling point of your nft now could you actually sell off this nft yeah you could here's the kicker no matter what they do your news chain that you attach that nft to would still be there which if you NFT, if your news chain is articles you write or you know something non-private to you, then that's just going to give you more user attention there. And if you get more user attention there and it's monetized a bit too, you'll make a little bit more money. And this is the crazy ideal where with innovation in the free sector, we'll find ways to make our money but innovation in the paid sector you will always be relying on that sell to make money NFTs are cool NFTs are great NFTs should be more than just art NFTs should be the gateway access of information, more higher-end blockchain utility, and ultimately, NFTs should get people paid, even if they don't sell. I really believe this, and I'm going to make a process to show people the difference between sell NFT and user retention NFT. Because there are some NFT creators and designers and artists out there that develop some truly unique stuff to keep people's attention. But they're not actually getting paid for that user attention. They're only getting paid by their popularity. And there are some people out there building truly unique utility NFTs that bring new abilities to users that hold that NFT. 
no one's using them because they don't know they exist. This is the difference. With free innovation, people focus on how can I get paid regardless. And with paid innovation, people think, how can I sell this? So let's change that. Let's make it more to how can I add utility to this blockchain with this NFT? And just like that, this is the end, the outro. I don't have a sponsor, so if you want to, go ahead and visit my website, 3dbtclist.com or 3d.ninja, where you can get a hold of me, contact me, and find more information, including builds that I do. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you.